This episode of Sicker Satter World is sponsored by Studio Headphones. I'm Brittany Ashley. And I'm Laura Zach. And this is Sicker Satter World, the podcast where we rewatch Daria and relate it to our current world. So today was interesting. Today was a really weird day for me. I had a bunch of anxiety this morning. The kind where, like, you can't get air and you have to keep taking deep breaths every few minutes. Familiar. I, yeah. It's really, it's a really cute manifestation of anxiety. I find that people don't really know how to be helpful for the most part when you have anxiety. Like, I was talking to someone and she said, which, I mean, she was well-meaning in what she was saying, but she said she had heard that she'd been listening to some sort of podcast about fear and about, like, fictional fear versus real fear and about how so much of, especially in our culture, of what we are responding to is fear-based and it's fictional fear, and we give fear the names of depression, anxiety, all of these other things, which, I don't know, it felt a little bit like, I, I mean, I think that's probably true, but it also felt a little bit dismissive of the very real physiological effects I was having of, of almost like to an asthma level not being able to breathe. It's like not that helpful to just be like, what you're, well, it's what not you're, real. What's happening is not real. Yeah. yeah. But then, I don't know. So I don't know if this is going to be too woo-woo, but sometimes I feel like your body kind of has a little premonition of of weirdness and then something happens and you're like, oh, I wonder if this was what that was. And basically I found out today that an old friend of mine who I was actually very good friends with in college have fallen out of touch with, but he was just exposed as being a major white supremacist and he was outed. He lost his job, well, outed as a white supremacist, lost his job, rightfully so, um, where he worked at this bank in Portland, Oregon. And the articles I was finding just had picture upon picture of him looking terrifying, um, wearing all of these, um, like, white supremacists, like, these specific subset organization hats and, and carrying flags. And he was actually at Charlottesville and was marching at Unite the Right last summer. And in some of the pictures from Unite the Right, he is directly next to the man who plowed down the woman in his car. Jesus. Yeah. And um, so there was just kind of frenetic texting with some of the college friends who were mutual friends of his or have remained in touch. And a couple of them were very deeply, or one of them in particular, was pretty deeply in denial because she, as recently as three weeks ago, has spoken to him. He always came across as an incredibly open-minded like just not that type of person and and I think that's almost the part that's the scariest is the the kind of like push down quality the like true thoughts that he's not like the fact that he was clearly curating himself depending on what friend he was around and he had this other you know true self underneath which of course we all have the capacity for evil but um this was a pretty extreme expression of that and then simultaneous to that the president of my college sent out an all-wide email to alumni 
saying that he was going on the Tucker Carlson show to talk about our college. Jesus Christ. So I'm feeling pretty ashamed of my alma mater right now. It's feeling a little bit like the white ISIS breeding ground or something. Like, I don't know. When, when, you, when you put, like, racist minds in proximity to great books, by which I mean, like, a classical education, I feel like it's very easily interpreted as being like these are the only books we need this is the only way of thinking we need like we don't need women or like people who aren't white like we don't need to know their perspectives at all and uh yeah it's been dark dark times yeah learning only from the canon which very much operates out of a racist and misogynistic viewpoint is incredibly dangerous right and i mean i feel like i went into it and a lot of people i know went into it with the context of this is like we we are interested in familiarizing ourselves and grounding ourselves in the tradition that has built this culture and to also understand the roots of certain oppressions but we also are interested in educating ourselves alongside with (laughs) really inappropriate time for my throat monster to come out I would like to agree with a point about <laughs> about a classical education. Um, no, but you know, like obviously, I'm mm, Beowulf. <laughs> Beowulf is what you went with. Um, yeah, like supplementing with with all other many other ways of thinking and and um, educating ourselves as well. La 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 la. La 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 la. This is my style. Got to get up, or I might fall. Excuse me. Excuse me. I've got to be Season 5, Episode 2. Sappy Anniversary. Oh my god, thank you. Sappy Anniversary. Oh my god, you too. I Why haven't we been told our friends anniversary by Facebook? Because I... Actually, I know the day we met. Oh my god. Was it the hashtag night? Yeah. We would just have to figure out what, what uh, the date of that party was, which would probably just take a quick email search. Do you want me to find out right now? Sure. Boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. Oh, my God. Wow. January 10th. Oh, my God. We just passed. Wait, what year? 2015. We just passed our third anniversary. Wow. Sappy anniversary. anniversary, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. January 10th is a really, like, 15th. strong. Wow, you already forgot it. Wait, I thought you said 10th. January 15th. It was 10th. We just said January 10th in unison. Hang on. <laughs> You're going to go back? Did you close the window? Okay, well, we, we checked just, the tapes. Yeah, and I was wrong. <laughs> I think it was the 2015 that really threw me off. Oh, right. You just said 15. But I, wow, I really, I really stood my ground with that. It's, it's like 
when you guys called me out on what I said, how they stopped making cars with sunroofs, and I said it with such, like, truth behind it. I know. I believed you for a second until Kirsten, you know, (laughs) invited me to think more critically and to realize that is not at all the case. I could have sworn I read it somewhere. Do you you guys know that um, they stopped putting sunroofs in cars? You've lost the confidence. It's not (laughs) working anymore. Anybody? Anybody? I really liked this episode, though. Although, before I watched it, Brittany told me that it it triggered her. I was triggered. And I totally get it. And I, too, felt um, felt a little, a little, uh, I felt like I was smarting, you know? Like, ow, ow. Yeah. That gets me. And it'll be interesting to see which moments were the hardest for you. So we open the episode with Quinn getting anniversary gifts from Joey, Jeffy, and Jamie. Her whole theory on anniversaries is if they forget, then they actually really don't care about you. And this comes from a conversation where she's asking Daria if she knows her and Tom's anniversary. And the way that it comes out is Quinn kind of has these really funny, cutting, judgmental lines about her kissing Tom, that she did a sleazy thing and that she was backstabbing her friend. But then she checks the old calendar and she realizes that she and Tom, Daria and Tom, have been dating for six whole months. Yeah, and it was kind of sweet because Quinn is the one that remembered when Daria and Tom's first date was because it it synced up with something she was doing with her hair or moisturizer or something like that. And it was, that was kind of cute that she it was, was. She's noticing. Like, she's on Daria's side this episode, which was sweet to see. It was. And um, Daria's response at first when she doesn't think it's important to know about the anniversary is something along the lines of like, all that matters when you're dating someone is that you like the same pizza, pizza toppings. toppings, which felt like maybe more of a stereotypically socialized male thing to say. But, uh, yeah, it but makes sense Daria's for her character. Thing. Yeah. yeah, Daria's thing is, like, I'm not like other girls. I don't like things that other girls like. I'm so low maintenance. And then this episode obviously <laughs> tests that theory a little bit. Do you feel like she she puts that forward purposefully, though? Do you think that's, like, she prides herself and like, I'm not like other girls? Or she's just, like, I hate people? I mean, I think that her general thing is that she hates on something so that when it doesn't happen, she isn't disappointed by it that's I feel like that's how she just presents herself in general so I think that's probably the same for what she communicates she needs from someone else I think with Tom she's probably like I don't need anything so it's mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely it's I guess it's not like I'm not like other girls it's more like I'm not needy which I guess is a stereotype of teenage girls right right so Helen is suggesting that Jake gets a new job I'm triggered Oh, already. Well, the kick-ass I startup, and it's an internet company. Uh, we all worked for those, right? And the salary is an insult, feeling very reminiscent to me. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. She's talking about BuzzFeed. Um, Buzzdome? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Do you mean, um, do you mean... When I worked at Buzzdome... Snapfeed? Do you mean Buzzchat? So much of working there was so close to this experience that it's so interesting that this episode was like 15, 20 years ahead of its time. Oh my God, I had the same thought that so much of that storyline throughout the episode of the startup felt like, with the exception of some of the jargon, which I'm sure especially to more techie-minded people would be incredibly, like, laughably outdated, 
besides that, it felt like so much of that was like completely relevant still. Totally. Yeah. I, I, you know, I loved coming in and shooting videos when you worked there too. It was super fun, but I also really loved getting paid $60 for a day's worth of work. (laughs) Who doesn't? So Jake interviews for buzzdome.com and the CEO is a 24-year-old guy who looks like a cross between Guy Fieri and Diane Keaton when she's in the First Wives Club. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and again, I felt like his style would would be pulled off today. Like, like I feel like he could have pulled it off. But it, but it was so on with like being able to forecast what a millennial internet company would look like and what that satire would be. Like he is asking for kombucha. They call uh, it the Digerati. He's basically like this like hipster millennial who is too young to own an internet company, essentially. And Jake oh, gets hired there. Oh, it's actually buzzzone.com. Yes. I thought you were making a joke. That's why I was no, trying to riff called, off of it. It's called buzzdome.com. Oh, my God. Yeah, and he's like, uh, yeah, that's an 80-hour week. You cool with that? <laughs> then, so- Wait, do you have more to say about that? I have a lot more to say about Buzz Dome. <laughs> Open floor plan, giant inflatable palm trees. Quote, we tested it on all three platforms. What three platforms were in existence at this time? Right now, the three platforms were like... The world, we, the wide, and the web. <laughs> we put it on Instagram, put it on Twitter, put it on Facebook. Like, what were the platforms then? And then it's also like trying to... Okay, so this is a thing that like millennial companies will do. They'll pay you very little but they'll tell you that there's like this company culture. So it's like, yeah, we get free lunch once or twice a week. Um, Yeah, you can maybe get stock options because, again, it is a startup. So that's why you're not making as much money. And then they preach this like work-life balance, but they purposefully try and make you stay like 80 hours a week out of guilt that like you should love your job this much, which is why you stay. We all stay. Jake started working there. Jake started working there. He miraculously got the job. Yeah. Not really sure how. Me neither. Daria asks Tom if he wonders what going on a typical date would look like. And she even like... She's hinting at it. She's hinting at the the existence of the anniversary, which is a few days away. Right. And she even brings up Chez Pierre, which is, you know, something that we've never heard her bring up before unless it's to mock Quinn. Uh, Tom says something to the effect of like, Normal dates are for people with no imagination. And so when she and Jane are hanging out, I mean, fuck, like Darius seeks advice from Jane about Tom. That was quite a moment. I felt like I I, I gasped a little bit. I was like, well, here it is. Here's the test. How is she going to handle this? Um, and also just the fact that Daria would even ask suggests that they've reached a level of comfort around the topic. But this felt like a real... A real test of that tension. I really think Jane is just channeling any of her frustration into her art. Yeah, it seems like she's prolific right now with it. And Jane calls out that it's a weird thing to be asked. She's like, oh, you mean uh, my ex, your current boyfriend? That shouldn't be awkward. All right, let's do this. Uh, And Daria shares with Jane that Tom treats her more like a piece of furniture than a girlfriend and is is like, I know I shouldn't care that he doesn't get me gifts or remember our anniversary, which is such a funny thing to say when you've only been dating for like five and a half months. He doesn't remember my anniversary. Yeah, like how, why would you remember your six month anniversary? I don't even know what. 
I guess in high school, though, it was like, oh, my God, it's our two-week anniversary. That's true, like, yeah. Everything feels longer because you've only been alive for, like, three years. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then actually, this was one of the parts that felt uncomfortably real for me, like, when she was describing the thing about, like, like, I know that I shouldn't care that he doesn't do this thing, and maybe I actually don't care, but the fact that I'm supposed to care makes me care. And then also, I don't want to be the one to bring it up to him, because I want him to know to do it without me having to bring it up to him. Oh, I thought that you were going to say the uncomfortable part was when... There's so many uncomfortable parts in this. The uncomfortable part for me was when... Jane was like, well, that's just how Tom is. He doesn't do that type of stuff. Well, he did take me to like the horse track this one time and he did take me, uh, on a, you know, on a out horse drawn carriage and took me out to dinner. But and had the musicians perform my favorite song for me. Yeah. At first, I thought she was like joking. And then it turns out that it was real. And so Daria innately compares both of those experiences. But I also thought that maybe Jane did it as like a little dig. Yeah, which I was a little bit like slow clap for Jane there. I was into that. No, I was just, I I think there's a lot of the interior world that I related to in this episode, especially with like the love languages stuff. Mm. What do you think Daria's love language is? Hmm. And if anyone hasn't taken the love language test, I highly recommend it. That's really hard. I feel like hers might be gifts because I don't see her as, or acts of service maybe. Because I don't see her as terribly verbal. When when we've seen him physical with her, she blushes a lot and seems so, kind yeah, of uncomfortable. So yeah, touch isn't probably. It's not touch, yeah. It doesn't seem like quality time because it sounds like they do spend a lot of quality time together. But that still could be a love language for her. That if that went away, she would be upset by. But yeah, I, I feel like... Words of affirmation? Well, that's what I meant by the verbal thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's slippery with Daria. I don't know that she's had enough experiences yet. I think that's the problem. Like she doesn't really know what innately she needs yet because she this is her first time in a relationship. So I think that's what's going on here is that she's modeling what she's supposed to want after expectations or what her sister wants. What do you think Tom wants? I don't, I'm not the biggest Tom fan right now. Mm, yeah. Um, I think Tom just wants like a super chill, no drama time, bro. 420 friendly. Like, well, right? you know, I just don't think he wants to, it's weird because in some ways he's very into the verbal sparring and he loves the clever kind of um, like quick-witted back-and-forth banter that Daria can provide and that Jane also provided. But as soon as any of that exchange turns into, like, earnest conflict, he's immediately very upset by it. Like, he, he seems to have a very short fuse when it comes to someone being displeased with him. And so... um Which I know is different from the love languages, but I think, like, probably quality time... And words of affirmation are probably his. What's your love language? Um, uh, Laura, <laughs> what is your love language? Uh, oh, hey, EP. Um, Hello. Mine is touch and words of affirmation. It's a it's a combo platter. How do you what What's your love language of like how you give love? Um, I would say 
both of those things as well mm. are mm-hmm. the are the main. I mean, I, you know, I touch upon all of the arenas, but um, I would say that yeah, and just like just you know, general thoughtfulness and. <laughs> I'm just really thoughtful. Well, and yours are gifts, yeah? No, neither. Really? Gifts are... Forgiving? Gifts are the lowest. But you're so good at them. Yeah, like for holidays and stuff. But I view like little gifts, like not little gifts, but like functional gifts as acts of service. Like if I make someone dinner, that's not like a gift. That's an act of service. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I feel like the gifts one is tricky because I had an ex. Uh, <laughs> Love who... this new soundboard. <laughs> we already made that joke. I know, and I still love it. Um, who was always, you know, would always give me gifts. I'm actually, I think I'm a little bit, I feel weird about gifts because I'm now realizing I've had more than one ex who would would frequently give me gifts but in the most basic ways could not make me feel like secure or okay in the relationship. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with like how they received love as a child or what they saw give to others like from their parents. Um I had an ex that would only give me gifts like m- memes. Yeah. It was just the Shaquille O'Neal dance gif over and over. That's all she gave. Like you'd be cuddling in bed, staring into each other's eyes, and then suddenly your phone would be like, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. and then it would be like Bugs Bunny with hard eyes. Like, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Woo-ka. Yeah. I am just totally digging my new studio headphones. They are wireless, which is perfect for when I go on the occasional run. They're perfect for when I'm working and I'm getting up to go do something. I just never had wireless headphones before, and these are truly revolutionizing my entire life. Studio wants to change the way that people see headphones as not just a tech device, but as also an accessory. Currently, the headphones market, as you know, can only offer one of two things, style or tech. Fashionable headphones tend to lack proper sound quality, and high-tech variations are usually bulky and huge, not design-oriented whatsoever. But Studio matches the quality of even the highest-rated headphones on the market for a fraction of the price. And these headphones will connect to any device that has Bluetooth, but there's also an auxiliary cord if you don't want to use the wireless option. If you want these cool-ass headphones, you can use the discount code SSW15, which will give you 15% off of any purchase. They also provide free worldwide shipping. But then the next time that Daria and Tom are together, it's an extension of the same insecurity um, because Tom is lying on her lap. They're very comfortable together, and he says as such, he's like, you're just so comfortable. And and again, it's like the piece of furniture thing. Like, she's like, great, just what I always wanted. And then she has this sort of, like, nightmarish day, daymare of him using her as a chair. And that's, I think, a very common fear for couples, especially... I mean, it's interesting that it's happening now for them because they're young. They, you know... They're young. Haven't they're had hot. sex yet. Yeah. <laughs> but usually this is something that you equate with when a couple starts having sex less frequently 
is like, oh, it's just so comfy, you know, like that the erotic aspect has gone away. Tom is really enjoying the fact that he feels secure with Daria, whereas Daria wants to be like wooed still. Yeah, and she wants to know that what they have is better than what he had with Jane. Yeah, I mean, that's the the creepy aspect. Yeah. Uh, Jake starts to meet his coworkers, and uh, you know he wants to know what exactly the company does and what exactly he does. It doesn't become clear to the viewer, really, um, but he meets someone who's like, I'm an ideas guy. And when pushed about what he actually does at the company, the guy's just like, dude, I just get to daydream all day. Like, I don't want to push it. You know, like, even the people who work there aren't really clear on what they do. And so I was surprised that Jake threw himself so fully into the task of putting together this presentation because I wasn't even clear on what the presentation was meant to be. Yeah, I don't know if he is either or if the guy running the company knew either. And at at some point, someone was like, you're as funny as a case-sensitive search engine. Just all these like very... Oh yeah, I died at that line. (laughs) such an asshole oh my god i literally died i freaked my shit out that line fucked me up so daria and tom do get in an argument where daria says you're not even trying on our anniversary and he claps back with I've never said clap back. I don't like that I said that. No, me neither. And he says, you're acting like a typical girl. Well, first, first though, he comes to the door at the Morgendorfer household and Quinn gives him shit. Like, Quinn's trying to get him to remember the anniversary, which he doesn't. And then Daria says something like, I guess I don't have to worry about impressing you. But yeah, then they fight. And he's very like, uh, he, he says the classic Britney line of, are you mad at me? Okay. <laughs> And then, yeah, says a fucking sexist thing of, like, that she's acting like a typical girl. And, like, if you're not going to tell me what's wrong, I can't do anything about it. And then sort of storms off. And I was not into his whole how he hand- I just don't like the way he handles fights. No. He's like it- a little bitch during them. He really evades conflict. He'll, like, drop a little bomb and then he'll leave. Yeah, he ev- Yeah, you're right. He. It's like he is overly aggressive in the moment. Like, he escalates very quickly. But then escalates to the point where he can walk away. Yeah. And feel okay about it. He says something really mean and then he's like, oh, I can't get into this with you. And then walks away. Right. Like it's it's a it's a one person argument. So then Daria goes into Helen's room to talk to her. And when Daria is instigating this conversation, Helen immediately thinks that it's going to be about sex, but it's not, which relieves her. And this was like a clear sign that Daria is really starting to rely on her family more. Um, even with just within the last season, she's telling her family much more about what's going on in her personal life. And when it comes out that it's about uh, Tom perhaps missing an anniversary, we cut to a flashback of a time uh, when Helen and Jake were younger and that Helen was disappointed by Jake for an anniversary gift that he got for her. She gives him this incredibly thoughtful like leather bound book that he wanted And he makes her a candle in the shape of a hobbit and then drops it in the hot tub and completely ruins it. And it's brown, so it looks like it's a poop candle after that. (laughs) Nice. No, I mean, I thought that was purposefully what it was supposed to look like. (laughs) Good observation, Laura. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
I noticed they said poop for the third time, fourth time in my life. Yes. Right. Like, so Helen's been framing it as like, it doesn't matter if the gift isn't as nice or it's just how you feel about each other. It's just the thought that counts. And so she's just like, if there is no thought, then fuck him up. So now it's Jake's big meeting. And can you please describe the shirt he's wearing? Nope. It's a flaming (laughs) dice shirt. Oh, wow. I'm sad I missed that. I also want to point out that when he was preparing for this presentation, he was kind of like tricked out on caffeine and doing a bunch of stuff on his computer. But it was like the 90s version of doing stuff on your computer. So it was him like playing computer games. Right. And like, <laughs> like playing it's like, solitaire. Yeah. They didn't like have enough context yet for ways that you could like doing drive things. yourself into the ground on the computer. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like a bunch of games. Yeah. It was weird. So does this mean that Jake quit his old job? I was confused about that. I feel like I my understanding at the end was that he's always been a consultant. Mm. And this was maybe something more regular for a second. Got it. Uh, but now he's back to being a consultant. So then Daria and Jane are talking about Tom. Tom has stopped calling, which again annoys me, is that he left in a huff. And then it's not like there was a there was a moment where he kind of let the emotion pass and then recollected himself and reached out to her. And he doesn't reach out to her ever. The next time that they talk is Daria going to his house. But while uh, Daria and Jane are having this conversation, Daria and Jane walk by like these vignettes of the different relationship dynamics. They walk by Quinn, who is talking to the three J's. And she has this jacket, but she says that she wants like the matching something or other. So basically... It's that she is putting out to her lovers or I guess whatever they are that she wants material gifts and that's what she wants from them. And then she passes by Brittany and Kevin who claims that she was trying to make Kevin jealous. But Kevin is like, but how can you make me jealous when I wasn't even there? So it's it's almost like Brittany is lying to him because she clearly cheated on him. And then Miss Barch and Mr. O'Neill are having the most relatable fight, which is that Miss Barch is like, oh, now what's wrong? And and Mr. O'Neill is like, if you can't figure it out, then I'm not going to tell you. And then Mr. O'Neill starts crying. Oh, I love them so much. Yeah. <laughs> Daria goes to Tom's doorstep and, you know, immediately he's still kind of irritated when he opens the door. And I'm not sure how long it's been, but... I just don't like that. Like, she's extending the olive branch, and immediately he's, like, calls her distant, cranky, and childish. Yeah. Which is quite a trio of 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 insults. And, but, and Daria is weirdly like, yeah, I know, like, I'm sorry, and then tells her that, or tells him that it's hard for me to, like, uh, you know, my default now is her, her, mm, <laughs> when yeah. I'm talking about couples. So it's it's hard, like, yeah, it's hard to add a male in the mix. She tells him right right right. um that's just so unnatural god totally um she tells him that it's because their six month anniversary is coming up and she's upset you know that he would forget it and and he did forget it he admits that he did he didn't know it was coming up and then he's like but how can you be mad at me for forgetting about something that you yourself didn't remember and then she brings up the comparison with Jane again about like you used to go on these dates with Jane and do special things with her. And he says something that again, I feel like is sort of shitty, which is that he only did those nice things for Jane because he had stopped actually feeling romantic. Yeah. So basically he only did those things because he was trying to overcompensate, which 
I don't know if that feels like super true. true. Yeah, that feels like something you Maybe say. if you're like trying to salvage your marriage, but if you're just dating another high schooler and you don't think you like them anymore, you're not going to like go out of your way to do all these things for them. Yeah, totally. You don't have, well, I guess he has money, but no, it, it definitely feels like a convenient way to frame the narrative. Like he, he would never frame it that way to Jane if she asked him. Nah. There's just, uh, there's just something still about the way he kind of like fr- throws his connection with Jane under the bus when it comes to Daria, when like she's still her friend. So... I just didn't like the way he handled that. Yeah. And also, like, how can you trust that you're not going to break up and that's the way that he's going to describe you to someone? And that's shitty because that means that any time moving forward that he does something nice for Daria, she's going to be like, oh, Oh my God, there's something missing. Is this the moment where he, like, he's, it just, that's just such a shitty thing to be like, oh, yeah, I'm only going to do thoughtful things for you if I don't feel enough for you anymore. And other than that, I'm just going to be super boring because that's what I think romance is. Right. What a fuck. And then Helen and Jake, this was kind of a sweet moment, but uh, she's working while he is sleeping and he has this, like, nightmare and starts to ramble on and Helen wakes him up and is like, you're safe with me. Your father's dead and your sergeant is far away. Like she knows right what to say exactly. to calm him down. He's nervous that Helen is going to think he's a failure for not being able to keep his job. And she's like, no, I missed you. And we see them being cute. And then she takes the candle out of the dresser drawer. And he doesn't remember what yeah. it is. <laughs> as quickly as it was sweet, yeah. uh, he ruins it. And then it ends with Tom and Daria eating Quinn's anniversary candy. And celebrating a happy non-anniversary, which reminded me of when I celebrated my inappropriate Valentine's Day with my first Valentine's Day with my current girlfriend. Like, just kind of the different spin on the holiday. Mm-hmm. But fuck that guy, Tom. He's got to rectify. He's got to testify. He's got to... Thank you for listening to this episode of Sicker Sadder World. We are on Twitter at Sicker Sadder. We've got a website, SickerSadderWorld.com. We have a Patreon. And Angel on Top is coming soon. 